the ex wants to like eat dinner together and sit at a party and eat ice cream together. Like I just can't do it. And sing Kumbaya. Yeah, sing Kumbaya. Yeah, exactly. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 206 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. We're almost there. What's that mean? <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> what does that mean, David? It's, it means we're almost there. To where? That's the question. That's the real question. Where? Okay. Where are we going? David, you concern me. <laughs> That's what you should ask every day in your step family journey. Where are we going? <laughs> if it's not going in the right direction, you're in the right place. <laughs> you can join the Nacho Kids Academy. <laughs> uh, anyway, what you got going on? Well, I got an email earlier saying... Thank you, thank you, thank you. You would not believe what Nacho Kids has done for my family. Okay. Did they did they expand on that? Like, I want to know. I'm inquiring minds. Yeah. They're happy. <laughs> Fantastic. She no longer wants to run away. He no longer wants her to run away. And the kids are telling her hello. What? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I love those stories. I do too. It makes me happy. It makes me remember why we do this. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I get one of those messages and I'm like, oh, that's why. It, <laughs> it's like it, it puts um, fuel back into my soul. Yeah. You know, it, one of the things we always tell people is, you know, take the target off your back. But unfortunately, in order for us to get the word out about Nacho Kids, guess what we have to do? <laughs> put the target on our back. <laughs> we have to put a target on our back. That's it's, okay. Uh, it's always fun to watch the, the haters come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Reminds me of that Taylor Swift song. Haters going to hate, 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 hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking yeah. of Taylor Swift, did you hear what happened to your friend's wife and daughter? I, I did hear that. So they had tickets to the concert in Atlanta. And they got them off the, of? Stub, Stub, StubHub. StubHub. Yeah. So apparently... Um, I don't know anything about StubHub, but apparently they can snub you on StubHub. <laughs> but they they go down. So what we're talking about, what, four hours away? So mm-hmm. they go down, get a hotel. This is like the night before the concert, and they find out that, oh, they really don't have tickets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That stinks. Yeah, it does. And those tickets weren't cheap. I mean, granted, they're getting their money back, but still. Yeah, but they're probably not getting their money back for the hotel. No. And gas and time and aggravation. Yeah, I think they got an extra 100 bucks or something or 200 maybe, but still not enough to cover everything, like you said. I know. Then so you've got Taylor- two sad teenage kids. Yeah. So, so Taylor, if you're listening... <laughs> um, Give me a call so you can do like a special song on the on the podcast for us. We appreciate that. Yeah. So be careful of StubHub. <laughs> That's right. I don't know anything about it, but I just know it screwed my friends. <laughs> That's an, all I need to know. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what this weekend is? Mother's Day weekend. Yes. And 
We are celebrating my dad's 76th birthday. What? We are. And we get to see the grandbabies. I know. And I can't wait. It's been forever since we saw those little babies. I know. Um, It's been several weeks for baby Layla, but baby Gideon's been the world traveler. Yeah, he's been in the Philippines. I know. You know, he's going to look back on that and actually not. (laughs) She's not going to remember it. No, but she's got pictures, so it's good. Yeah. It'll be one of those things that he'll be told so much of what he did. mm Mm-hmm. He'll be, I remember when I was one and a half and in the Philippines and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be the the funny part about it. Somebody asked, one of the other kids asked something about, you know, did he get enough exposure to his his culture over there? And I'm like, yeah, he did, but he's not going to remember any of it. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I'm sure they'll take him back multiple times anyway. Yeah. Well, but. he got to see his other grandparents, and that's what's important. Yep. I'm sure they enjoyed it because, you know, they don't get to see him. Matter of fact, it's the first time they've seen him, period, except for over the phone. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. They, they, IRL. Yeah, they saw him IRL. <laughs> well, we get to see him IRL and baby Layla this weekend. Actually, baby Layla's coming Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gonna be fun. Oh, I could just eat her up with her chubby cheeks like mine. <laughs> she is my baby. Y'all know that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She's my baby. Okay. So, David, our guest today, <laughs> I laugh every time I think of this name that she came up with, Mountain Mama Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She has been blending for almost three years. Stepdaughter six, bio daughter 11, and an hour son one. Yeah, I applaud her for coming in on the podcast at three years in, because I'm thinking at three years in, you and I wouldn't be talking to nobody about it. We wouldn't even talk to each other. I know. <laughs> well, I did warn her that she's getting ready to get to the hard part. <laughs> yeah, it's like the terrible twos, except in blended families, it's like the terrible threes. Yes. Well, I'd say between year two and three. It's where yeah. it seems to be the hardest for people. Although you, you got, you know, I think it's Facebook or whatever reminds you of what you posted from years back and you used to have one pop up the other day that was like, <laughs> I think we were like five months into our marriage and your post just said, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's so all we were, it said. Yeah. So we were debating like, was this because we had problems early on? like five months in, or was it because something you had going on at work? We don't really know, but. <laughs> well, we, my mama I mean, we was still alive then, so there's a possibility it was yeah. in relation to hers telling me something on it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, well, we we certainly didn't wake up year two and say, oh, we have problems. I mean, it was things that happened along the way periodically, but it just compounded over time. It volcanized. That's not a word. It is today. (laughs) We'll come up with another word tomorrow. Vulcanized is a word, but I don't think it means what I want it to mean. I think that has something to do with Star Trek. See, here I come. What's all this Star Trek, Star Wars crap (laughs) popping in my head lately? (laughs) Who knows? I have decided. You're usually in space anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I have decided to train our dogs in Klingon. (laughs) Oh, gosh. 
<laughs> Just kidding. I don't even know what that crap is. It's probably like a Lori language. But anyway, I know it from the Big Bang Theory. I don't know it from no star stuff because I ain't never got into the star stuff like y'all. Anyway, back to our guest. BioDaughter has ADHD and transitional disorder, possibly ODD. Best advice? Have a firm foundation and firm boundaries. Mm-hmm. Alert, alert. Have those boundaries in place before you get married or before you move in together. Why are you using your Taco Bell voice? <laughs> Yo quiero Taco Bell. Because <laughs> they got nacho fries. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest part of her blending has been juggling the differences of everyone involved in the blend. Mm-hmm. Something unique. They have been living with their parents while their house has been built. That adds Dude, challenges. Yeah. That by itself is rough. Yeah, your mama just lived two houses down and, whoo, Lord, have mercy. I know. Mama, if you listen to this, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we talk about in this interview is how blends are created out of loss. But she talks about how her daughter longed for a family. Hmm. She could introduce a male friend to her daughter, and her daughter would think, oh, he's going to be my daddy. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's something we don't hear a lot. Yeah. I know it happens, but it's not something that a lot of our guests have talked about. Mm-hmm. I think the oldest triplet longed for a family. Yeah, I see that. Because he was so excited, remember? Mm-hmm. Yep. And surprisingly... She says, things were good in the beginning. I would hope so. <laughs> that is the shirt we need. A shirt that says, things were good in the beginning. NachoKidsAcademy.com. I want to interview somebody who goes, when we met, it was horrible, so we got married. <laughs> We've had somebody on there that said, things were bad in the beginning. Yeah, but probably not. I mean, would you keep going out with somebody if things were really bad in the beginning? Um, yeah, we see people do it all the time. Mm. Okay, cut that. <laughs> so, David, we have a testimonial from a lady that received a scholarship to the Academy. Mm -hmm. She says, good morning. I wanted to thank you again for giving me the opportunity. I have found that nachoing is really about allowing the bio parent to parent, which just makes sense. The light bulb has come on as I continue moving through the program. I love it. The light bulb. When that light bulb comes on, I can see it on these Q&A calls. We'll say something and you can just see their face light up like, oh, and it's like, boom, yeah, they got it. Thank you. Watching the course videos is a tremendous help. Knowing that someone else can empathize and not pass judgment, but extend help through their experience is very helpful. I truly appreciate Nacho Kids. Outstanding. Outstanding. So, girl, get to work. You're doing a great job so far with that light bulb going off. Mm -hmm. Electricity. Isn't there a song like that? Probably. I'm not going to sing it. Okay. Yeah, don't. All right, so that's it for the beginning. So, David, let's get to listening. All right, let's do it. Today we have Mountain Mama Kelsey. Hey, Mountain Mama Kelsey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. 
So tell us a little bit about you and your blend. So I met my husband back in 2019, and then we started dating shortly after that. And then we got married in 2021. So overall blending since, I guess, I don't know, two, three years. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been a, it's kind of a short, but as far as relationships go from 2019 to 2021 was our, our blending period. So that's when it started. Okay. And how many stepkids, bio kids, all that happy stuff? So I have one bio daughter. She's 11 years old. I have one stepdaughter. She is six years old. And then we have a, we have an ours kid, which is, he's going to be one in March. Oh, I love babies. Yeah. First boy. So we're super excited. Oh, yes. Yeah. So how often do you have your daughter and how often do y'all have stepdaughter? So it's both 50-50. The schedule didn't start like that when we first met. He had his daughter 50-50 from the beginning of when we met. And then my daughter, her schedule was all over the place. So with his suggestion coming in is that to have them on the same schedule, kind of the same routine, we would just both go to Mm 50-50. Yeah. And you were open to that? I was, yeah. I think... I saw it being good as my daughter always wanted a sibling. So she was always a single child. I was a single mom for nine years with her. Mm-hmm. And she begged me for like a husband. She said, I always wanted a dad. Like, I want you to have a husband. I want you to have another another child. So introducing them, I feel like that was the best route to go. The switching both of their schedules to 50-50. And we still have that. I see the pluses and negatives with it now just because they want their one-on-one time mm-hmm. and if they're 50 50 both through that same time it kind of makes it hard to separate them yes it does yeah it does like you said there's good and bad there's there is mm-hmm. part of the good is y'all have a week with just our son right yeah that is a positive and i do see that like that's good just to have our time with him and be able to you know, just bond with him in that way where it's just us. And that's kind of been the hardest thing for me as far as just putting in my mind that I won't have that first family experience, which is just, you know, it's like we do have that with my son, but not with the other two. Right. So, yeah. And even though you do have, we'll say the nuclear family with you and your husband and your son, mm-hmm. it's not the same as the first family. No, it's not. Yeah. And I think that was the hardest thing for me to adjust to is like, in my mind, I was like, why, why can we not just function like a first family? Like, why can't we just have this where it's, I feel that like the positions are known in a first family, you know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. think that was the hardest adjustment for us is just not, nobody really knew their position coming in. Right. And you have to, well, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot Mm -hmm. of people have to grieve. Yeah. Yeah. Not just the first family that they're not going to have, but also that they're not going to have the blend that they thought they would have. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, like I didn't think about it that way, but somebody had said this, a step family is formed from a loss, Mm -hmm. which is really... (laughs) 
it's sad if you think about it, because, you know, like I said, everybody's experience is different. But all in all, a, a step family is formed from a loss. You know, yeah. it can be any different type of loss. But yeah, it's, it's sad. And I don't like to think of it. I guess there's really nowhere else that I or no way else that I could think of it. Mm-hmm. But it's just it is it's kind of a sad situation as far as the kids. And I mean, I think my daughter was more used to it because she had me and her were together since she was two and a half where I was single. So it's like, she, I don't I think she was a little younger, maybe two. But she wow. was just used to it. Yeah, she was used to just me and her. So I don't feel like she mourned the right. loss. You know what I mean? Like right. the younger they are, they just don't realize it. But well, yeah, like my son, his dad and I split up before he was born. So right. yeah, he didn't right. know any different. And honestly, yeah. I didn't look at us splitting up as a loss at all. Right. Yeah. And, and in my mind, it definitely wasn't a loss. But it's just like. I guess it was more my husband's perspective that it was a definite loss for him, which was really hard for me because I was like, in my mind, it was like, when I had that split, it was like, thank you, God. Like, (laughs) I like, see you later. I'm out. Like no attachment, no wanting to go back, like nothing. There was nothing there. It was a horrible, horrible situation that literally it, it happened and I just wanted out of it. So, yeah. So no. did you not date during that eight year period or seven? Well, no, wait, you've been together three years, almost three years. So yeah. did you not date a lot when your daughter was younger or you just did it when she was at home? I did date. And honestly, I think that was one of, one of my biggest regrets as far as that time period is like, I just didn't focus on my, I did focus on myself. I mean, I grew a lot. I actually got promoted in jobs. I got, you know, I got to do things with just me and her, but then I also, I did date, but I didn't make it seem like it was something serious. It was just a friend coming in or, Mm -hmm. and again, I can see that. I know people looking back, they say you you should never bring in somebody else. And I, I do regret that during that period, but I never made it seem like it was something serious. It was just more like, we're going to hang out with, with so-and-so, or we're going to do this and it's going to be fun. It was more of just like, it wasn't like a serious relationship through that time. So what do you regret? I guess it was just, I'm trying to think of how to say this. The part that I regret, I guess, is just that she got attached to the, to have, to whoever who she was around, she would get attached to. And regardless if I said, Oh, this is my friend, Joe, she would be like, Oh, well, she wanted that family dynamic so bad that yeah. she just got attached to anybody, which is, you know, it was hard for me because I just couldn't give her that aspect. Like I, I couldn't do it for. And then until I met my husband is when we obviously took that very seriously when we got together. And I, I made that very clear, like, this is what we're, we're trying to do. We're trying to, you know, date so we can then get married and become the family. But before yeah. that, I think she was so young. She just, she wanted to have that, that st- stability of a family. And I just couldn't give it to her then. Now, what about her dad? She saw her dad during this time. Did she put the same pressures on him or was he already in another relationship? No, I mean, honestly, our relationship was very toxic. He, um, he was very mentally abusive. He still, he still is. He was a former Marine. Mm. who has really bad PTSD. 
And I mean, really bad to the point where he would make me feel like trash when it was just different occasions, like during Memorial Day or 4th of July, he would just make me feel absolutely horrible that I just wasn't celebrate not celebrating but like I wasn't doing the right things on that day or I wasn't acknowledging everything they went through yeah right yeah so it's like I never understood enough and then he just complete he he would beat me down about that so I don't know as far as her bringing that stuff to his attention just because she could never open up in that aspect to to him or with him she just felt didn't feel comfortable yeah so you meet this guy, and he's got right. a kid. Yes. And you're thinking, oh, I got a kid. Right. No big deal. Right. We can do this. Yeah. How did things go when you first met his daughter? Um, I mean, honestly, and again, I don't know why that period in the beginning just feels like it's it's not as important to get that like a bond with them for me. I don't know why, but like I worked in, in elementary um, education with like special needs students from like pre-K to kindergarten, like loved kids, loved work. I love working with kids. I love just interacting with kids. I love all that. But like, it's different from being in that atmosphere to living with one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not, that's not yours. It's completely different. Yeah. Cause you go like, home in the other atmosphere. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I don't agree with your behavior, but I'm going to go home and I'm going to discipline my kid the way I feel like I'm going to discipline them. Like your parents can do what they want to do. Right. But yeah, it's, it's totally different. It's just, again, I initially, I felt like she was, she was younger. I think she was like three at the time, but I felt like she was treated like such the single child, like really bad. Like such a baby. And at that time, I just didn't understand. And I still don't because I'm still having the same issue. But I raised my daughter to be very independent because I didn't have an option. Mm -hmm. I was a single mom. I was by myself. Like as soon as she could wipe her butt, she was wiping her butt. As soon as she knew how to carry a knife, she was carrying a knife. As soon as she could cut paper with scissors, she would do it herself. As soon Mm -hmm. as like anything I can tell her to do, she knows how to do it because I taught her to do it herself. Right. And it's just like when you have a child, that's the complete opposite and you see that she's able to do things, but she chooses not to. And it's just like babyfied. I just, it's still to this day drives me insane. Does stepdaughter have any other siblings with her mom? She does now. They have a one-year-old like prior to that. No, she, she just had. Yeah. Do you feel like her mom or her dad have guilty parent syndrome and that could be why she was so babyfied? Or is it just because really she was the baby for so long? I think it's a combination, to be honest. And, you know, like since we've been together, I've tried my best to just kind of. And again, it's funny because I think I've nachoed before nachoing was a thing. I just didn't know it. <laughs> if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it was like, in my mind, I needed to shut off to step away. And I didn't interact. And I that was that was my thing. That's what I did. And that's why I always kind of felt like something was wrong with me. Because I was like, well, I'm just not bonding with her. I just don't want to. It's not that I didn't want to. It was just, it was easier for me just to mentally block myself off. 
Right. And it wasn't in a harsh way. Like, like you say all the time, like I would never want anything bad to happen to her. I would always protect her. And especially like a safety situation, it's nothing like that. But for me mentally to get through certain things, I literally would just shut myself off and just step away. Like I can't do it. I'm just going to back off. And I've, I've done that since the get go. And I think like hearing this and hearing the stories, like I said, it's just, it's, it just, is helping me to process it better. Like, Oh, well, that's why, like it, it does make sense that why I was doing that. And then there is a name for what I'm doing or why I'm doing mm-hmm. it. I just didn't realize it at the time. Well, just remember not showing is not just the disengaging part. There, right. Right. Yeah. There's so much more to yeah. it. And you know, the process, it takes time. Mm-hmm. You're in, you said blending almost year three. Right. Year two to three is the hardest part on blended families. Yeah, I can tell that. (laughs) We're in the middle of a storm, like the stormy season right now. Yep. But I do want to ask you this, and you might have Mm -hmm. to think about it, and you may not know the answer. Do you feel like maybe you're comparing your stepdaughter at her age to how your daughter was at that age has made you feel like you don't like her or... You know what I'm saying? Like she's just, she's been babied. Whereas if you didn't, if your daughter wasn't so independent, you might not would see those things. Maybe. I think it's a combination and I have built up resentment and it's not okay. And it's not like necessarily her fault because she is the child, but it's like, I would bring things to both his attention and um, her mom's attention and be like, listen, like, you enabling certain behaviors is not going to be good for her in the future. Like if, if she can't open a door by herself, she needs somebody literally to open the door for her or to turn on a light. I just feel like that. And again, they would back me to a certain extent and then they wouldn't. And then the same time, like I said, the, the mom oversteps boundaries all the time and, I think it was just from the beginning, seeing how hurt my husband was. And he was like, I didn't want this. I didn't want this divorce. I didn't want to go through this. I didn't want my child to go through this. And I had stepped in. They were divorced December 2020. And then we started dating January 1st, 2020. 2021. Right. Right. Yeah. Sorry. 2021. Yep. So they were divorced. And the next month he meets you. Well, actually, we met before they were divorced and they had been separated. Okay. So they weren't technically divorced until December 2020, but she had been gone a couple of times. Like she would show up and then she would leave him and then she'd show up and then she'd leave. So I guess they had been actually separated for like over a year or something. And then I had met him um, at a 4th of July party in 2019. And then they actually got divorced December 2020. And then we dated. Yeah. Then y'all officially started dating January. Officially. Yeah. Yep. So you told by a mom Mm -hmm. and your husband, Mm y'all need to do something because little girl needs to be able to open doors. She needs to be a little more independent. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, we know, we know. And then they never did anything about it. Yeah. It just seemed like, again, I think it is part of the, the guilty parent syndrome. Like I can see that. I can definitely see that aspect in it for sure. It's just, yeah, I just don't know how to process it because I just don't function that way. I'm like, if you, 
if you need to open a door, let me show you how to open the door. Like, I'm not going to do it for you a thousand times. Like, I'm going to show you how to do it. Like, let's do it together. Right. And it was never. Yeah. 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 I get that. But I'm telling you, Mm -hmm. if you would have came to me and said, Lori, you need to teach Jackson, blah, blah, blah. I'd have been like, and excuse me, who do you think you are? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. But she was receptive to it or seemed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they understood that too, because she was getting to the point where she was so reliant on them. It was getting to be like unhealthy to the point where she was mentally not able, even still, like if her dad leaves the room, she has to follow him. She's scared that he's going to leave or I don't know where that came from. I don't think he's ever actually walked out or it came from her mom aspect. leaving. Yeah, I mean it could have been. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I and again, I don't know with her being 3 how much she would remember. Maybe she does or doesn't. I don't know, but and again, I don't know what they do at their house. I don't know if her mom like goes on trips or you know, what she does while she's there. She just drops her off somewhere and leaves. I'm not really sure. But right. I mean, in, in my aspect, it was honestly coming from like a more helpful, like I'm trying to help you guys to, you know, not have her be so reliant on everybody. And it was actually for me too to be like, okay, let me show you how to do it. I mean, the one mm-hmm. thing that she brings up to me still today is that, you know, she would, we would go to the park or something and I would, she would be like, I need you to push me. And I'm like, well, okay. I was like, but I'll push you once, but then you need to swing your legs. And once you continue to swing your legs, then you'll learn that you can actually do it yourself. Like, let's, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, that's the thing she brings up, but she's six now. And she'll tell me like, Kelsey, you're the one that taught me how to swing. And I'm like, yeah, awesome. Like, I'll teach you a bunch of stuff, but I'm not going to do it for you. Like, (laughs) I'll teach you everything. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do it for you. Well, even though she was so young, I think a lot of times we may not remember things that happened to us when we were that young, but that trauma imprint is still there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. My daughter has that really bad. Stepdaughter may not remember that mom and dad split up, got back together, split up, got back together or whatever, but she may not. Mm -hmm you know, physically remember that, but she knows that there's something that makes her not want to be away from her dad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can see that. And he definitely, I mean, we're not telling him how to parent because Nacho, but that definitely needs to be addressed because in my opinion, Mm -hmm. it's going to switch from dad to boyfriend at some point. That's exactly what my point was. I said, you know, you see how she's doing these behaviors now. It's literally going to get worse as she gets older because it's she's going to have to have somebody beside her all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not a good thing at all. You don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, no. So how did the kids do when they met? I know your daughter was probably like, yes, I've got a sister and I've got a family. I've got a dad here all the time. Yeah, it was awesome to begin with. And then like they said, it's just like that second year. I don't know what happens. It's just my daughter's got issues as well. She has ADHD and she had um, a transitional disorder with behaviors. So like anytime there's a change, she kind of seems to act out on things. I honestly think she's got some, some form of ODD now where she just, it doesn't matter what you say. She has to argue the point back. So, I mean, oh, honey, yeah, like that's just said, the preteens. <laughs> is that what it is? I'm getting so confused between the two. I'm like, okay, is it ODD or is it hormonal? Like, what? 
Is it ADHD? Like, what is it? I don't know when ODD came around as far as yeah. that became a diagnosis, but yeah, I can promise you that I argued. Probably coming out of the womb, I was arguing about something. Right. And mm-hmm. the joke was that I needed to be a lawyer when I grew up because I had the mouth for it and I like to argue. And it's right. not that I like to argue, but yeah. I didn't necessarily believe everything you were telling me. Like you had to prove things to me. Yeah, that's almost what it is. It's like she's got, and again, it's not like she doesn't believe you when she says something, but she just has to say something. And again, I was like, okay, is this hormonal? I swear if it's like ODD, like we need to like address it, but it's just, it's constant. And again, she is in that time frame where she's like 11 years old mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, it's, it's preteen. It's like, it's coming out hard. Yeah. You have a strong willed child. Yeah. Very, very, very strong willed. And I'm, I'm telling like, it literally could be her biggest strength in life. To mm-hmm. be honest, yeah, I get so many compliments from her, from her teachers, from people that are out and about. Like she's so wonderful, she's so great, she's so helpful, she's different. You know, she's different from the other kids, and I'm like, awesome. I love hearing that. And as soon as she comes home, it's like the her and my husband just butt heads like constantly, and that's where I had brought the nachoing to him to tell him like, Hey, I nacho certain things. And I still do that in the way where I feel like it helps us as a family. I need you to start nachoing because I'm telling you every other week it is something. And Mm -hmm. it's to the point where this is where the stormy season of our, our relationship, our life, it has come to the point of it's become a disaster because I've literally said like, please just for, (laughs) please just start nachoing her. Like, if she starts an argument, if she wants to pull you into something and I, I can see it, I'm sitting here like watching it happen and he just gets reeled in every time <laughs> and then it blows up, it blows up in everybody's face. And I'm just sitting in the middle, like, am I, I'm a bad mom because I didn't, I didn't discipline her in time and I'm a bad wife because I didn't back him for the argument he was trying to make. And it's just very, very frustrating. Yeah, because so, when you look at it, there's no sense for the argument sometimes. No, I mean, no sense. Like I was sitting, <laughs> I was sitting between them both and she had made a comment about our son saying ma, that was her first or mama was his first word. And my husband looked at her and he's like, no, actually it was ma. And I was like, here we go. Like, it's going to go. Down. You knew, <laughs> <Why>? you knew. <laughs> I was like, it's going to go down just from that, just from that little, like, no, it was ma. And she's like, no, he said mama. And it exploded, Lori. I mean, exploded (laughs) to a point where he had said something. Then she had said something back, like, no, that's not right. And then he had said something back. And then she had like a dice in her hand and he had said something and he's like, you want to throw the dice? And she said, yeah, I might just throw them in your face. And I'm like, okay, this is enough. This I'm done. And it's just, again, like he's very stern on respect. Like he wants to feel respected. Mm -hmm. And I completely understand that. I don't think it's right that a child disrespects anybody. And I've told my daughter that thousands of times, if I have to walk into your school, and you disrespect a teacher, an adult, like I will spank you in front of everybody. I will take you out. Like, don't ever do that. But here it just turns into, I'm looking at the situation and I know it can be avoided, 
And then it just explodes. And I'm sitting here like in a daze. And again, this happens every other week, like five times, like probably not five times, probably like three times a week. Yeah. And I don't mean to laugh. I don't. But I'm picturing (laughs) this in my head. Yeah. And I see you sitting there going, oh, crap. Here it goes. Here it goes. It's going to go down. Yeah. And like a sitting duck. Like, what do you do? Like, well, have you tried distracting your daughter or even changing the subject with your husband, anything or jumping up and going, no, we're not talking about this. (laughs) Yeah. I literally did. I didn't think I jumped, but I was like, okay, we're done. Like we're done. We don't need to discuss this. This is fine. We're Mm -hmm. done. I don't care what, I don't care what he called me. Like, I don't care if he called me mom, mama. I don't care what it was like. Let's just stop. Let's stop this conversation. Doesn't need to happen. But that's bark that makes a whole forest fire. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's ridiculous. Like it shouldn't have happened, right? So it's like all these things that are little, little, tiny, like misunderstandings. And then it just turns out into this huge, huge ordeal. And then I'm sitting there in the middle. Oh, and by the way, because I didn't mention this in the beginning, that we are living with my parents. And then while I was pregnant, we were living with his parents because our house is being built. So we have we have yet to be in a house together as a family probably in like yeah it's been a very long time since we've actually been in the house together alone as a family okay so you lived with his parents originally right right Mm -hmm. then you moved in with your parents yeah are you still for six months are you still waiting for your house to be built we are yeah it's it's got it it's got a roof on it thank thank jesus that we have a roof but it's probably going to be another, I don't know, I'd say two to three months. So overall, we were at his parents for six months. The the end of my pregnancy into giving birth and then came here for six months. It's probably been, I don't know, it's been probably seven, eight months now. Wow. That adds yeah. a whole new <laughs> yeah. look on things. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is... I mean, I know from us trying to build a garage that mm-hmm. your two to three months trying to get in the house may actually be another six months. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know. But yeah. that definitely adds stress to everyone. A lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of stress. And then yeah. you probably got the grandparents. Mm-hmm. Leave little Susie alone. She was just yeah. playing. She didn't mean that she <laughs> was going to throw those dice at you. Golly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very stressful. Well, do y'all have like at least you're in the basement and they're upstairs or it's just completely intermingled? Um, At his parents, we had like a little tiny, tiny basement area. I mean, not very big at all when we just needed to kind of take a breath. But again, I was, I was getting ready to pop pregnant and then had a newborn. So that was like on a whole other level of just like I had to be I had to be upstairs the majority of the time. Like I couldn't take the newborn downstairs just by myself to take a breath. Like where my bedroom was is kind of, or where our bedroom was, was kind of where I had to stay. If I just needed a break or a breath, or I would literally have to leave, leave the house. So that was, that was difficult and still difficult. I feel like, yeah, you, you throw your in-laws and your parents into that whole chemistry and mix of just 
trying to learn each other as a family, especially in the second to third year. It's very difficult. Yeah. And my Mm -hmm. sister-in-law lives beside us and the mother and father-in-law live the next house over. I can't see their houses from here. Yeah. But Lord have mercy. There needed to be some fence and some boundaries. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to tell you something, and I'm not telling you this to scare you. Mm -hmm. But there is a high probability that when y'all move into the house, you're going to experience another shift and almost like a reset of the blend. Yeah. Because y'all are going to be in your house. It's going to be your house, your rules. Well, I hate that phrase when a stepmom goes, my house, my rules. Well, it's your oh, husband's yeah. house too, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't say that. But it's it's definitely going to reset things. And I would, if you have not already, I would strongly suggest that you and your husband sit down and come mm-hmm. up with a list of rules that you want in your home. And I don't mean you saying, well, I think blah, blah, blah. And him going, yeah, yeah. He comes up with a list. You come up with a list. The things that are Mm -hmm. common, those are your house rules. Right. The things that aren't, you talk about it. Because the last thing you want is going in saying, okay, we have a rule, no eating in the bedroom. And then when stepdaughter goes and eats in the bedroom, dad doesn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So it has to be rules that really y'all are going to agree on and enforce. Right. And even yeah. the consequences for breaking those rules, what is the consequence? Yeah, I think it's more of us trying to agree on a consequence because, again, it's like at, at the age of 11, 11, there's not much, especially with her, she doesn't connect with. So it's like I could tell her I could take away anything. I mean, she doesn't really have electronics. She has like, she doesn't have anything that she bonds with. And mm-hmm. it's it's kind of weird. She just doesn't have that thing where if I say, hey, I'll take this away. Like, she's like, okay. she's going to flip out. Yeah, she's yeah. like, whatever. And it's like, <laughs> I told my husband the other day, like when she acts a certain way or, you know, I my thing is I kind of talk, talk to her. I'm like, well, why are you doing that? Like, why do you feel like you need to argue this point? Or why? Like, I try to just to understand it. Because at this age, I think she's mature enough to tell me, like, this is why I feel like I need to say this, or this is why I acted this way, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know, me spanking her at 11 years old, like, is that really, I don't know. Like, it feels awkward to me. Like, is that, that's not really going to do anything. Like I said, certain kids, yeah, when she was younger, I think that was the only, literally the only thing that would get through to her as far as like, a discipline. Like I could sit her in a corner for ever and it's not going to hit her that she did. Like she just like, whatever just yeah. sits there. Well, and you can have different consequences for different kids. Right. I know David, one of his kids, he could just look at him and you could tell that kid was like, Oh no. Like, right. Yeah. 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 Kind of like with my dad, my dad could wiggle that toe and I knew he was upset and it broke my heart. My mom could yeah. beat the literal snot out of me and I would just stare at her. That's what, yeah, it's weird. I don't, again, like I was, I'm the same way. Like if I know my dad is disappointed in me, it breaks my, like it breaks me in half. Like I just, I would be so upset. Mm-hmm. And she's a very emotional child. So maybe just, I don't know. I think there are times when I look at her and I'm like, I'm seriously, seriously upset with you where I feel like it clicks with her. But yeah, we'll definitely have to make 
a new, and I think, I hope that new reset is a great one. Cause everybody says like, once you're out and you're, you know, you need to really figure things out as a couple again, and just learn to be your, you know, the couple that you started out to be. And then now it's just jumbled in with everybody else and everybody else's feelings and concerns and how you should do this. And you just kind of get lost in that shuffle of everybody else's feelings and emotions on how you should do things. Yeah. You've got input from God and everybody. Yeah, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and like just recently I had to I called like a meeting with my in-laws just to say like hey, like I appreciate everything you guys do. I always have, I always will, but they're like seriously we need to be there needs to be boundaries in a healthy way just to help us get through the season we're in right now mm-hmm. because it's it's that important. Like I just need space. I need time. I need, and again, there was, there was other obstacles where, you know, my mother-in-law, she, she does everything and anything for the kids. And it was like, kind of like your guys' situation where like the mom would show up and just clean the rooms or, you know, do things. And it was just very like, you know, it's like coming from a good place, but then it just kind of crosses that like, uh, you don't, (laughs) it's like, I don't want it. I don't, I don't know. It's it's very different. I don't want to seem unappreciative or like, oh, thank you for thinking of us all the time. But like, she was sending presents from us to the exes and like their kids, and oh, it wow. was just too much. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we don't have that type of relationship. Like, I I really appreciate that, but like, I don't want you to send things from us from the kids to you know everybody yeah and their mom yeah yeah that's kind of weird yeah yeah and I said that I was like am I the weird one or like I don't think so but who knows 98% of our (laughs) listeners be like oh yeah we all do that like uh oh (laughs) yeah and I just don't I don't it's just not me I just again the whole ex thing they're very intrusive like the ex wants to like eat dinner together and sit and a party and eat ice cream together. Like I just can't do it. And sing Kumbaya. Yeah. Sing Kumbaya. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, it's too much for me. I just can't, it just wouldn't be me. That's not me as a person at all. Yeah. And we see it a lot where stepmom, bio mom, bio dad Mm -hmm. and stepdad, they all get along and that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can do that, that's great. We have seen where it goes bad. They get along for yeah. a couple of years, then things go bad. Mm-hmm. I just never had any desire to no. be friends with my husband's ex. Me neither. I just don't agree with how she is as a person. Like if she left and cheated and did all these other things, I, I don't want to be friends with you. Right. And especially, it just makes me uncomfortable. Why? Like, again, I don't agree with how she did things. People make mistakes, but just her as a person, I don't agree with. And I don't feel like I should be forced to be included in somebody's life just because we have that aspect of having a child or I I just, again, and I'm the type of person I can be cordial. I can say, hey, see you later. Hi, bye Mm -hmm. during drop off pickup. But other than that, like, I don't want a relationship. In any aspect, and I think it just comes like it comes back to me as far as like past relationships. In any aspect, an ex of any sort 
has never resorted to anything good in my life. Like an ex of this person, an ex of this person, or, you know, like this girl, she's only, she's trying to do this because she's just being nice. Like it never turns out just to be that, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Well, I was going to tell you, well, actually I was going to ask why they split Mm -hmm. up because I knew she cheated and yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying my psychic abilities kicked in or anything like that, (laughs) but Usually, when the bio mom is okay with everybody playing happy family together, it's because yeah. she ended the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Which is weird. Like, why, though? You know, that kind of confuses me. Like, why, if you're cheating on somebody and you really don't want that dynamic anymore, then afterwards, why would you come back and be like, oh, now I want this? Like, now I want to be involved with you. Now I want to do this together. Now I want to be a part of your family. Like, she's been reaching out to my sister-in-law, and now they're best friends, and they do, like, a balloon. You know, she does a a balloon thing, and, you know, she's, like, promoting her like crazy. And it just, I don't, I just get really weirded out by that. Like, I just don't agree with it. Yeah. A lot of times, oh, and I'm probably going to take heat for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. A lot of times it's to flaunt in front of your your husband. Yeah, and I feel that way. You're spot on with that. I feel that way and that's why it bothers me. It's like I I don't I don't get it and like what how you just said that is like is spot on. How does he feel about it? Is he like, "Oh, well we can hang out with them" or is he like, mm, "Nah, I'm good." I mean, honestly, unless it, it, I honestly feel because he's such a people pleaser and he never can say no to her. Oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, that bothers me too. It's like, I have yet to see him actually stand up and be like, no, I'm not going to do this. Like, nope, sorry. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, I've heard before in other stories, like he says he's doing it for the daughter, which I get in certain aspects, but it starts like, um, What's the word? When it starts uh, to interfere with our family as a whole, right? Like I'm not okay. I'm not okay with that. Like if you're dropping what you're doing, and like I have a baby here that needs our both of our attention, you're dropping what you're doing just to appease or to go get get her. You know, it's just it just is weird to me. Like I just don't I don't like that. Well, it's weird to me too. But let me say this: a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Your husband may act like that because he just wants to keep the peace. He doesn't want to fight with her because then it causes stress and it causes problems mm-hmm. with the daughter. So that is a lot of the reason most of the time. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I have understood that aspect of it, but there's other times where I look at it and just like there are plenty of times for him to step up and not in like an aggressive way or a mean way. Just be like, you know, like, there's certain times where as far as like pick up, drop off or something, she's just kind of finagling it or like, Hey, like, uh, meet me here or do this. And I just like, it, it's just not comfortable. It's like, not, and I just don't think he sees it or realizes it at the end of the day, there's nothing that she's going to do at this point to, to take the child or, you know, to do anything where it's going to affect that point of it. So I just don't, I just feel like he feels like if he just keeps quiet, like you said, it's just more of just not having to deal with it. But but it could be that he doesn't care. It doesn't bother him to switch pickup 
locations or it doesn't yeah. bother him. Yeah. And right. the reason that it could bother you is because you're thinking you're catering to your ex. Do you yeah, still exactly. want to be with her? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of hurts my feelings in that way. And then, like I said, maybe if I didn't come in so quickly as far as after they had gotten divorced and seen how upset he was, maybe it wouldn't bother me as much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And again, it was that point where when we first met, I moved into their house and, you know, I know you've talked about that before. Yeah. It was very difficult. Like her stuff was still around. Her pictures were still up. Like there was stuff in the drawers. It was just like, I, I'm not cool with that. And that's why we kind of, we kind of pushed selling the house quicker than we probably would have just because I was just like, this is not my house. Like, this is not comfortable. Like him crying at night, like I didn't want this. And then seeing her stuff, it was just like overwhelming. I just couldn't yeah, process it, I guess at the time. And then I just maybe I've held on to that more than longer than I should have. And then every time now she asks for something, I'm like, Oh my gosh, can you just say no? Like just say no, <laughs> like, yeah. no, I can't. Yeah. And that's so hard because I know some of the stuff that happened with David and his ex from his point of view, definitely. Mm-hmm. It makes me not think very highly. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's because we know that this person hurt somebody we care about. Exactly. Yeah. But also, is the hurt coming from. I love this person and I wanted to be with this person forever. Or is mm-hmm. the hurt coming from my child is going to be raised in a split family? Is it a mixture of those things? I know a lot of times when situations happen like that, where things are quick, then mm-hmm. you wonder if they were really over that person. Yeah. And that's how I felt. I was like, is he really even like, that was my whole point. It's like, are you even over this? Like, is this, this is not, I was single for, again, I did date, but it was nothing serious, but I, I had nine years of being by myself pretty much. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So that nine years, you, I'm a very independent person to begin with. Like it, again, it didn't bother me to be alone. I'm I'm fine with being alone with yeah, him. Yeah, me too. I prefer it actually. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do too. Yeah. And like there's some time now I'm like, can I just get like a weekend? I literally just want to go somewhere all like by myself. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's the weirdest thing in the world. He's like, we're married. Like, why wouldn't you want to go somewhere with me? I was like, I just want to be alone. Like, yeah, <laughs> I need some downtime. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds horrible. But like, he thinks that's the strangest thing in the world. He just doesn't understand it where he's the opposite. He has to have somebody with him. And I said, I don't want to be that backup person. You know, how, that's how you feel after such a whirlwind of thing. And he said, if she wouldn't have left me, I would have still been in the marriage because I made a commitment to God and her and myself. Like he was like, I would have still been in that marriage. He was like, it wasn't a good marriage. Like it wasn't perfect, but if she wouldn't have left, I would have still been in the marriage. I don't, I don't get divorced like that. Even with her cheating? Yeah, because I guess they had gone to a certain type of counseling. And I said, you know, like, again, sounds like brainwashing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> no, but it's like, seriously, it's like, you know, there has to be a limit, right? You can't just be like, oh, you can do whatever you want. And I'll still stay with you. Like, there has to be a limit. You think that would be a definite, like, you cheat, you're done. Like, there's no excuse for that. Right. 
But yeah, I don't know. They had gone to some sort of counseling and they have, were talking about like a sin's a sin. And I don't know the details of it, but yeah, it was very confusing. And I had questioned him several times. Like, are you sure like this is what you want? Like I can give you space and time. You need to sit and think about like what had just happened. This is a very like traumatic experience for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I went through a lot of trauma. I went through going to court five, six times with a very mentally abusive person and the court just refuses to see mental abuse as abuse. But it was just very traumatizing to me to sit there and see him go through all those emotions and me try to sit there and comfort him and be like, it's okay, but I, I just still don't understand. <laughs> You're getting upset, but you know, I'm, I'm here, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm but, sure you've talked to him about this stuff. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. And there was another thing that I heard. It says like my life today is dictated by his life before me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, regardless of what, ha- like what I say today, like my life is still affected by what had happened before me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's, sense. he's carried that trauma into this relationship. We all do. Yeah. Not anything mm-hmm. against yeah, him at do. all. Yeah. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day on a podcast, and I said, if you've got trust issues because of Mm -hmm. your previous relationships, it's going to show in your current relationship at some point. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But you have to remind yourself, this is not this person I had the trust issues with. Right. Yeah, it's not the same person, and it's not the same situation. Yeah. And he, you know, he always brings that up like, oh, she left. That's why he's not comfortable with me leaving to a certain extent. It's like, well, she went on these, not vacations, but she would go away for a weekend and then come back and then leave again and come back. And, you know, she would say it was a business trip, but then she would be gone. And I know it was more than that. I was like, well, that's not me. I would never do that to somebody. Right. Ever. Right. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. I'll talk to you all day, but I need a day by myself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Please. But something you said just made me think about stepdaughter because you said that uh, your husband wants somebody beside him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Might be where stepdaughter gets it from. Oh, definitely. I don't know. That can't be like a hereditary thing, right? That's not like a family trait. Like that's... Girl, I don't know. I don't know where... (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm like questioning it. Like where does this actually come from? His mom even told me. She was like, I could not leave Josh alone. She could not leave him in a room by himself. Like he just couldn't do it. She was like, that was more of a punishment than me spanking him or smacking him. She was like, me telling him to go sit in a room by himself was like torture. Really? So yeah, it's crazy. Well, we're going with his hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. We are now genet- the geneticists <laughs> or whatever they're yes. called. Yeah. Yeah. I just never knew that was a thing. Like. Because he's, I don't, I don't know where she would see him being like that now. I guess certain things he says, maybe she picked up on certain things. I don't know. Yeah, I would think that it might have more to do with the mom leaving. But yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah, is he extroverted? He's very extroverted. Yeah. Yeah. Very extroverted. See, I'm introverted, and I think you are too. That's why you, you're okay about yourself. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's so calming to me. Like, 
like I said, I went to a local place all by myself, stayed the night, stayed on the top floor, ordered room service, got up the next day, just went to this little lake beach area by myself. And he just couldn't understand it. He was like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Didn't people like look at you and stare at you? You're just walking around by yourself. Like, no, they <laughs> <laughs> didn't. And I was fine with it. It's like, even if you take a friend, I feel like you're still kind of having to have like a schedule or, you know what I mean? You have stuff to do, or you're trying to do stuff that they like to do, or you always have to have an activity with it's just yourself. You kind of just go with the flow and right. learn to just to take things. That, yeah. Yeah. You can lay different. in bed and eat bonbons and watch Andy Griffith all day. Yeah. Just do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I'm not one to go eat by myself, though. Yeah, I do kind of, I find that really weird because I tried, like, I went down to a table at one aspect and, like, sat there for a minute. I was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. So I got up and <laughs> took the stuff up to my room and just chill, you know what I mean? Like, ate it Yeah, in the room. <laughs> yeah, that would be me, too. That's that introvert kicking yeah. in, like, oh, we want to be yeah. by ourselves, but not in front of everybody. <laughs> but not, yeah, not like that. Yeah. Not like sitting at a restaurant, like, <laughs> really awkward, just sitting there by yourself staring at yeah the wall no yeah or let me play on my phone the phones help with that though so they do yeah Yeah. but still I just I literally tried it for maybe a minute I was like okay I'm not feeling this Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did get up like yeah and even during that time I still walked around and like at the evening point of the day there was like people out by like an outdoor fire pit and they asked me like where I was from and I told them like where I was from and it was just good to introduce myself to somebody different and just then I could get up and leave and do what I wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But with, with him having those trust issues. Yeah. That could have been a trigger for him. You talk to people you didn't know. And what if somebody would have hit on you? Yeah. I learned a long time mm-hmm. ago. If somebody's going to cheat on you, they're going to cheat on you. Yeah, which is a hard, I don't know, it's a hard concept. If somebody really has that in their mind, no matter what you say or do, I just don't know how somebody wouldn't pick up on that from the beginning. You know what I mean? It's like you can't see the forest through the trees. Is that the saying, how that goes? Yes. So the tree, like you're sitting there staring at, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I'm trying to say it, yeah. It might be you can't see the trees for the forest. I don't know. We know what you're saying. It's what yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those things, but it's pretty much saying there's something straight down in your face, and you just can't see the bigger picture. Yeah. So it's like if somebody's really like that, and you know that, why would you even try to pursue something like that? Right. Yeah. That was that was a very baseline requirement for me. Like, I will not accept this. Like, I'm very dead set, serious on. I'm very protective of my family. And at the time it was just me and my daughter, but I'm very protective of my family. Mm -hmm. So again, I think that's the big, bigger aspect as far as I laid down basic aspects. Like this is what I require, like respect. I require like knowing that hundred percent you won't leave or cheat Mm -hmm. because I don't, I don't put up with that stuff. Like that's not okay. It will never be okay. But I have learned that people are people. They are. You're right. Yeah. And the only trust I can have is in myself and in God. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah. And it's hard to put that. It's hard to put that trust into somebody else when it's really up to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's up to them on how, on how they behave. Again, you can say what you want to say. You can, you can hound them to a certain extent, but they're going to ultimately react the way they want to in any aspect. Like it's on them. 
Right. And I, I can see that, like, now that you're saying that, I can 100% see that because with him needing to have somebody around, I was like, if I, pa- if I pass out on the floor tomorrow, are you going to be able to make it a month without having somebody around you? Like, that's concerning. Like, I'm not going to be the. He's going to be calling 1 800 find me a new wife. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm one of those people that is not going to be okay if I pass away. I'm not going to say, I hope you find somebody else. Like, not right, not like that. I'm going to have a requirement. Like, it has to be like at least a three year time span <laughs> before, before you get to move on. Oh, no. You can move on the next day, but I just hope that the things they do remind you how great I was. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. I didn't think about it like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I hope you, yeah, you realize how awesome I was. But yeah, yeah. then I think about, oh, my gosh, he could just. And again, when I first met him, I thought he was like the best thing. Our, we have a very small town. So if you know, like a very small town aspect, like if I grew, I grew up here. So, you know, everybody, they're like, you know, you can find somebody like, no, I can't. And this little small town, like there's nobody. Mm-hmm. And at the time, like he wasn't even available, but <laughs> just knowing of who he was, I was just like, oh, he's so awesome. Like, gosh. And his wife's not doing well with him or his wife's cheating on him. And mm, I see opportunity yeah. knocking. <laughs> right. Well, see, and I would never approach a married man. I would never in my life ever. And I literally, he had messaged me and then that's where it all kind of, he was like, you know, things are not going well. Like I need God in my life right now. Like you always post like spiritual things that really touch my heart. And that's how it kind of all started. We started doing devotionals together. And then once I knew they were completely separated, we started, we started going to church together. So that's how it all started. But so how did y'all meet though the first time? So pretty awkward story, but I, he has, his family has a huge 4th of July party every year, like ginormous, huge, awesome party. The whole town um, comes. I, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I had never been there, but a guy that I was friends with at the time invited me to go with him. And when we got there, he just completely peaced out on me. I didn't know anybody there. I was just kind of walking around and my husband now he was up by they had like a little outdoor bar and I had walked up and he was like hey do you need anything are you okay do you like do you need anything I'm like no I'm all right thank you and like that was the interaction we had Mm -hmm. and then three months later he had messaged me saying like everything was falling apart he just like saw inspiration and what I was saying and you know he really needed uplifting and all that kind of stuff so that's how it started I like that yeah you yeah. obviously made a good impression for him to reach out to you three months later. I did. Yeah, obviously. I don't, I was like, I don't even remember wearing anything great that day. It wasn't <laughs> like I looked like, <laughs> I was like, I was literally just wearing something like not even cute. I don't, I don't even think it was cute, but I'm glad it caught his attention, I guess. Yeah. So I guess after yeah. y'all had met that day, you ended up friending each other on Facebook because, hey, I know you now kind of thing. Honestly, I don't think we even friended each other. We oh. weren't even friends until after he had messaged me like three months later about how things were going up in shambles and he just really needed prayer and faith and all that kind of stuff to help him. So, and then it was like after that point, maybe a couple of weeks later that we had actually a friend requested each other on Facebook. And then he, he was sent me through the Bible app. He kept sending me like devotionals to do. So we would just do them together every day. Every morning we would get up and just do a devotional together. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that for a whole year. And then we were going to church like every every other Sunday. We would just meet at church. And then we just started to kind of build from there. 
Yep. Yep. That's neat. Yeah. And I think that's important for everybody is to have like a stable foundation, not only like boundaries together, but like a stable foundation, like a stable understanding. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like where each other stands in that aspect. I think it really helps as far as when you get in those times of just feeling like, like we're in right now, you fall back on that. Like where was our foundation to start with? You know, it was a very firm foundation, even though things are kind of are sliding downhill. We still have that that rock solid mm-hmm. that we had started on. So, well, what would you say is your toughest challenge in the blend right now? I think the aspect of just living between houses right now is really, really difficult. We don't have that necessarily one on one time. I mean, we both work really hard full time jobs. We don't really have that much time outside of work or picking up the baby or, you know, it's just really hard to connect in that way. And then when you're always surrounded by somebody else, it's just kind of a constant distraction. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like us grounding each other back to where we started, where we did live together initially, and we had a bond in that way. It, we need to get back to that. And hopefully with us finishing this house, we'll, we'll get back to that point and be able to take a deep breath and reset each other. But it's, yeah, it's been very difficult living between homes, especially being pregnant. I can say hormonally. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I would, I literally, this sounds really horrible. Like I sat outside of a grocery store and just like ball cried, like ugly cried for about two hours, like never made it into the grocery store. Oh no! And my husband, yeah, my husband called me and he's like, where are you? Are you okay? And I was like, I don't know what's wrong. I was like, I'm just sitting here. I'm just thinking about how important it is to have a house and a home and like to feel like you're like, it's your, it's your own. You know, he's like, I was like, we don't have that. Like, it's really depressing. Like, you know, it's, it's a part of your identity, your house, you know, mm-hmm. your home, yeah, the way you like things, the way things to look, the way things to smell. Like, it's just, it's very, it's very important and being quote unquote homeless. I don't like saying that because there are people that are generally homeless. Right. You know? Like I cannot imagine just having, not having that piece of yourself is just gone. It just kind of, it's, it's sad and it's hard, especially in a split, a split home. Yeah. Well, w- you're with your parents now, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Would your parents watch the baby one night when y'all don't have the other kids and y'all go out to eat? They definitely would. And it's not like I, we have had that opportunity before, but then, you know, life happens where the baby's been sick or, you know, this child needed to come back or this happened. It's always something, but yeah, we definitely, that's one thing that we have said that we need to make it a priority to kind of step away just us. You know, yes. we need to step out out of the house, do a date night. I think again, I'm <laughs> I am an introvert and I would rather just stay home. <laughs> like I don't want to deal with all that crap. I don't want to deal with being out and dealing with dressing up, you know. Yeah, like, okay. I might be a hypocrite when I'm telling you this now that I say <laughs> Because they will say, let's like, go out even, to eat. And I'm like, no, let's just go pick something up. <laughs> that's how I am. And like even pre-COVID, I was like, you know, like, let me make you like a special dinner. Like, let me like put like special candle lights. Like that made it any different, you know, like just because I put candles around the table doesn't make it any different from just like a regular dinner. <laughs> yeah. So I, I need 
to reset my mind, to be able to take that deep breath, get out and then do something together, just us, and then come back and be able to (laughs) deal with the everyday craziness. But one thing I do like doing, and it's probably because I don't have to dress up, David Mm -hmm. and I will, when the weather's right, we'll go to yard sales on Saturday morning. Oh yeah. That's, that's really fun to do. I like doing that. Yeah. And we'll just bounce around. A lot of times we don't even know where they are. We just ride around and then we'll go eat breakfast and that's it. Yeah. That sounds really fun. Yeah. And that's much more my speed than, oh, let's get dressed up and drive an hour to go eat at this restaurant. Right. Yeah. That's not me. Like I don't like doing that stuff, but yeah, as far as that, the only, the only part, the only thing I was thinking about was like, does David let you like actually get stuff when you're there or no? Oh yeah. We found all kinds of stuff. Yeah. We, um, we are very, um, we get very excited when we get deals. Yeah. That's how I am. I get stoked when I find a really good deal. I got this handheld pressure washer for like 10 bucks. And That's awesome. Yeah. We have used that thing like crazy. And yeah. we always say that was our best yard sale find. Yeah. Especially when you find something and you actually use it. You know what I mean? You keep saying like, this was like a legit deal. Like this was awesome because then you use it and it actually is, you get the use out of it. Yeah. It's not just crazy going from their house to your house. Right, exactly. That does yeah. happen too though, I will say. Yeah. yeah. No, that always happens at some at some point, but yeah, every time I try to go like to a place like that with him, he tells me I can't get anything and then I just get I get in a mood. That's not cool. Oh no. No, don't tell me I can't get anything. <laughs> no. I should at least have like a dollar limit, right? I can at least get like something $20, right? Yeah. $20 that's your limit. And a good yard sale for 20 bucks, you could fill the car up. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's a compromise right there. I think that's a really good compromise. Yeah, we went to this one yard sale and the guy was asking, I don't know, like 40 bucks for this Tupperware thing. And I said, apparently mm-hmm. you haven't been to many yard sales. Well, that's a good price. Right. And I said, I understand how expensive Tupperware is. And no, that's right. not a bad price, but that's not a yard sale price. That is not a yard sale price, yeah. No. No, not by far. Now, see, David likes to go to the auction, and he'll go. Oh, that's what we do. Yeah, that's our thing. It's like an online auction now. So you don't, ne- like, technically, you can go look at the stuff, but they have it online, <gasps> so you can just scroll through the stuff, and then you can bid it up to, like, I got brand new stuff the other day, like, for $5. I was so happy with myself. And then you just go pick it up? I go pick it up. Yep. <gasps> I might not need to know about that. I can give you the website if you want. <laughs> well, I, I'm probably not close enough to go pick it up. No, but they have some in your state. They pick whatever option is in your state. <gasps> yes. Send me the yeah. link. Send me the link. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can tell me about your deals and then I can tell yeah. you about what I got. Yeah. I won't go to the auction because it's crowded. I might see yeah, something, a something that I want. And I'm not keen on sitting somewhere for two hours waiting on anything. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to go through like they'll, they'll throw the paddles up or whatever and they always bid it up. And then you have to stand there and hold your paddle like no, You don't have to do any of that stuff. Yeah. We went one time. I have been a few times. We went one time and there was this pallet sale. So basically it's a pallet of stuff. And oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I said, okay, I want that one pallet because it had a lot of stuff like office stuff. Well, right. 
I'm not very tall. And apparently, David walked off, maybe went to the bathroom. And I thought they were pointing to the palette I wanted. Uh-huh. And so I kept bidding on it. And it, was, oh. it wasn't the palette I wanted. <laughs> oh, no. However, I was able to sell the things that I got and make like 50 bucks. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So it worked out. Yeah. That's it, good. It worked out. But yeah, I just don't. And Dave was like, no more you holding the number. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've heard that so many times. We go to a Ducks Unlimited dinner and they do that. And he always tries to steal my paddle away. Yes. I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah, but that no, stuff's I not cheap. It. Yeah. It's not. No. Mm-hmm. But do that stuff. I mean, find time for yourself with him because y'all need that. Yeah, we definitely do. That's been one of our goals, like priorities wise, especially through this crazy time. Like we need, we like, it's a priority. We have to set aside time, even if it's like once every three weeks or once every month or two times a month would be great. Honestly, would be great. Yeah. That's a goal. That's a goal of ours right now. And I don't know about you, but like, I don't even like going to the movies. I'm like, it's too expensive. You can go no, get I literally Redbox. just said that. Yeah, the <laughs> other day I was like, I'm not going to sit. And it's not even like I haven't seen a good movie, like a good, good movie that I would want to see, you know, mm-hmm. not like so like spending that and then going and just sitting and just being quiet the whole time. Like I'll try to talk to him about stuff. And I'm like, stop, you got to be quiet. I'm like, no, I want to talk to you. <laughs> like I'm going to talk to you about like what's going on right now. <laughs> oh, it's goodness. not acceptable. You can't do You can't do that. Yeah. David will say, just watch the movie. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Like, it's not fun. Yeah. I'll say, well, where's that? Who's that person? Where'd they come in? He's like, watch the movie. <laughs> but David likes. Just wait till the end. Yeah. Like the Marvel <laughs> Avenger crap or whatever. I don't even go. He goes yeah. by himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 The movies aren't, aren't my thing. Mm-mm. But you can find things that, you know, y'all do enjoy doing together. So. Yeah, definitely. We're going to definitely make that a priority. Like I said, that's one of the goals. And then just trying to move forward. That's what I told when we had that family discussion. I said, my my focus is moving forward. Like we don't, if you continue to look back and back and back, it's just, you can't continue to move forward. So we need to leave anything as far as deciding about what to send to the exes, what, how we're going to act or react with the exes, how, if you're yeah, if you're trying to text the exes, like that doesn't need to happen. Like, let us do those things. We're going to try to build each other up as a couple, as a family, and then move forward. Because like I said, it's just very difficult. And it's difficult for me. Like I, I need to put, not a put, I need to have a funeral in my mind about having that first family. Mm-hmm. And then just realizing that, you know, there will always be an ex involved, which drives me insane. Nobody wants a baby mama. Nobody wants to have to deal with an ex. And I don't, yeah, I I don't want that in my life. And it's very difficult for me to be able to move forward in my mind when I'm continually like thinking about those things. You know what I mean? When I thought about it, it actually made me like, it made me cry. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've literally had a funeral in my head. Like this is making me really upset right now. Maybe I just need time to process it more, but I just don't think I even thought about it that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I never thought about that, but I literally in my mind and my brain have to have a funeral for not having that first family experience. It just won't, it won't be that same. It won't be the same. Yep. 
before I felt like I needed to, I needed to defend myself. Yep. I always defended my daughter. Like my daughter was my main priority. I needed to make sure she was safe and I defended her always. And I always will, but it's like your brain switches to, I have to reply. And I think it was like a lawyer that I had said, like, he should not be addressing you in that manner, regardless if he's your ex or regardless of who he is. And you can state that very clearly to him. And then just don't talk, to, just mm-hmm. don't respond. She's like, you have no responsibility to respond to him. Obviously, if it's like a medical problem right. or, or school an issue, emergency, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you respond, but it's like, again, it's just like how she or my, hu- my husband gets pulled into those conversations. And it's like, you get so you get pulled into it. And then once you get pulled into it, it just kind of escalates and gets worse. But I get, like you said, our communication is very limited. And what it is, like you said, it's always something crazy, mm-hmm. or it's something like I did something wrong, right. or it's my fault, or yeah, yeah, it's always that way. And where I struggle is my husband and his ex, it's like they're best friends. Like they text all the time. They talk to each other. They call each other. It's like open book conversation. And me, I'm like, no, like very protective, (laughs) very protective of my family, my bubble. Like, yeah, I don't feel it's right that you have open. And he says it doesn't happen that way, but I like, it does. It's not how me and my ex communicate. Should he have to, should he have to have that relationship or he's saying, well, I shouldn't have to not have that relationship because you don't have that relationship. Right. And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but there should be a boundary though. Right. You kick into, well, if y'all get along so dang well, then get back together. Well, that's what my point is. Like, how are you guys communicating so well? Like you're so put together every time there's a discussion or issue. It's so like, best friend. Okay, cool. Smiley face, thumbs up. Like it's always like very, and again, I shouldn't be jealous or hating on that. That's what I was going to say is maybe we're just jealous. I don't know, but it's like in my mind, I'm like, no, like he's not in my life anymore. Yeah. We have a child, but there's a boundary. Every time I have an issue, I bring it to my current husband's attention or anytime there's something, I bring it to him first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's always my first go-to. It's not, oh, hey, let me reach out to this other person. And then we'll have an open discussion about it. And then we'll, you know, bring you in or whatever. But it's just, I don't know. It maybe isn't like that, but. Yeah. Isn't it funny that you can message your ex and say, little Johnny's struggling with math. And it turns into, well, if you didn't blah, 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 or. Oh, yeah. 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 It turns into, look, I was trying to communicate with you that our son or daughter is struggling in math and just wanted to make you aware of it. And it turns into the bash Lori thing. No, I'm done. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's literally that discussion. Like, I've had that discussion before. She's very, she struggles so bad in math, like really bad the point where she's like a couple points away from almost being like on the range of being like learning disabled in math but it is it's like the blame game and it's like I'm literally a simple simple discussion that shouldn't be turned into anything Mm -hmm. turns into why like what are you not doing right why are you not doing this with her why like it shouldn't be that way yep and as far as your ex and his ex getting along great again that's great Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you have to feel comfortable with it, too. 
I remember watching yeah. Dr. Phil years and years ago, and this guy was chatting online with other girls. And mm-hmm. Dr. Phil said, why do you do it? And he said, you know, just for fun. And he said, but your wife doesn't want you doing that. It hurts her. Right. He said, but yeah. the guy goes, but there's nothing going wrong with it. I don't see anything wrong with it. He said, what you need to see wrong with it is your wife has a problem with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thing. It's like, I don't want you not to communicate, but like, just realize that you have a wife and a, a new family now. Like, and that also there shouldn't be that much communication between like, I get doctor's appointments. I get if there's a school function and something happened, but you know what I mean? It, there's stuff we can take care of that as a couple, unless there's like a doctor's appointment or she has to pick her up at a different time. Like that should be the realm of the communication. Right. Right. I mean, no, I bought this pair of underwear from Victoria's Secrets today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, Hey, like you want to, yeah. Like, no, like that's not a, I don't ever see that being, I'm not. And again, maybe I'm just being close minded. I just don't ever see that being okay to me. I don't. Yeah. It bothers me. Like you said, it's like in the back of your mind, it's like, well, why did you got, I get why they separated because he couldn't accept that she had left and cheated or whatever she did. But if you guys get along that great, like we get in more arguments than what they do. Like, (laughs) like if you guys get along that great, I just, in the back of my mind, it's just really hard for me. Like it is. Yeah. I remember, um, one time David was talking to his ex and this was when we were dating and I don't remember what they were talking about, but I'm thinking, huh, they sound pretty chummy. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. after about 15, 20 minutes, I'm thinking I need to go to my house. Right. And so I told him, I said, I'm going to go ahead and go to my house. And he said, okay, I'll be there shortly. On the way home, I'm thinking if he's more than 10 minutes behind me, I'm done. Right. <laughs> That's my yeah. sign. No, I don't blame. Yeah, I don't blame you. And he ended up getting all. there three minutes after I did or something like that. But I did tell him, I yeah. said, I'm sitting there thinking, man, y'all get along well. But a lot of people will say they get along better after they split up. Which is weird. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird to me. I don't know why. Well, maybe with you and I, we've had bad prior relationships to where we yeah. don't want anything to do with these people. So it's hard yeah, for like us nothing. to understand yeah. how you want to talk to your ex about anything that you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what I have a really hard time processing. And I don't know how to explain that to him because then he automatically just says, oh, why well, don't do that? Or this isn't what's happening. Or he thinks you're jealous. Yeah. Or you shouldn't think that way. And he has thrown the jealousy thing at me a couple of times. And I'm like, but it's not, I'm not jealous of her. I wouldn't want her life. Being that person, I would never want that right. ever. That's not me. That's not who I represent. I would never want her life or how she lives or what she has right now. I'm not jealous of that one bit. It's just the fact that, you know, we could sit here and argue over butter and then you turn around and it's like, oh, hey, cool. High five. Like there's, there's no yeah. conflict. <laughs> There's no conflict. I'm like, how? How? Yeah, they're all snotty with you, and then they the ex calls, and they're like, "Hey." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you call, and they're yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we need to tell our listeners if anybody is listening to this, 
and you are mm-hmm. the ex, that you and your ex get along great, and y'all have this chummy relationship, you need mm-hmm. to be a guest on our podcast so you can help Kelsey and I understand. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. I just need that other aspect of like where that comes from. Yeah. For me, it just doesn't click. And like you said, maybe it's just our realm of it, how we see like we don't, we don't want any involvement at all. There's nothing that I want to communicate about, period. Right. Like, lest there's an emergency, I don't want I don't want a text. I don't want a text message. I don't want a phone call. I don't want to communicate. Right. And I feel like that's normal. I feel like I'm moving on with my family. I'm moving forward. Yeah. I'm not still being involved with something where it's we can handle as a couple. I'll always go to him and be like, okay, well, what do we need to do in this situation? Or yeah, she needs to do. Yeah. But some people will say, you know, I'm good at playing devil's advocate, but it's best mm-hmm. for the children if the parents can get along. I 110% right. agree. I do. And like I said, I still feel like there needs to be a boundary though. Yeah. Like I feel like, Again, not at any point have when they showed up and I'm outside and they're picking up when they pick her up. Am I never just like snotty nose, don't look, don't care? Mm -hmm. If she says hi, I will always say hi back. Mm -hmm. I will always, you know, talk if she addresses me. But other than that, like, I don't feel like I should have to fake that behavior. Oh, definitely. In any yeah, in any way. And we did have a we did have a situation where we had went to a wedding that they were going to be at. So his ex and his ex's husband now, who I went to high school with, and that's a whole other story. (laughs) So they were at the wedding that we were going to. And I like made my boundaries very clear before we got there. I'm cool if we go over, say, hey, how are you doing? If your little girl wants to go over, say hi and sit for a minute and then come back and eat with us, cool. But I'm not going to sit and eat with them. I'm not going to like sit and be their best friends. We're not going to, you know, like I was setting my own personal boundary, I guess. Yeah. And just seeing if he would, if he would be like, okay, I understand, which he did. Well, when we got there, that all went out the window. Like the ex-wife was trying to come sit at our table, had asked the little girl to ask us if she could sit at our table. <sighs> and then she can't, there was 200 people at this wedding. 200 people she comes over to us it's like oh hey I want a picture before before you guys take her home so she hands her phone to us for her for us to take their family picture together what yeah and I was just really thrown off I was like I am not taking their picture like I stood back like nope I'm not doing it my husband didn't know what he was holding onto the phone. He's like, I felt so awkward. Like I didn't know what to do. Smile. He's like, I just took their picture. <laughs> yeah. 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 He just took their picture. So it was like, it's just so weird to me. I don't know. Maybe I did handle that situation wrong, but I felt like no, that was no. really weird to me. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, I have got to let you go, girl. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. That's okay. No, don't apologize. <laughs> I have really enjoyed talking to you and I have too. We'll have to do this again. Once you, hey, let's do this. Yeah. Once you move in your house. Yes. Let's say, give it a couple of months to get things settled and calm. Mm-hmm. I want you back so we can see how things have changed since then. Awesome. 
Yeah. I was going to say, I want to be the person that comes back on with you and shares all the inspiration, all the positives, all the overcomings that we've been through to be like, yes, I am. (laughs) I am the one that went through that stormy season and we made it out. Yes. I wanted to be that guest that comes back and has that. Well, I would love for you to be that guest. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Lori. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, when I said Mountain Mama Kelsey, I had to say it Southernese. Do you know any other way to say it? Yeah. I can speak <laughs> Northern and British and you Taco Bell. Northern. You can't speak Northern. I can. Mountain Mama Kelsey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know what that is. It's not like northern Georgia. <laughs> I needed somebody from the north to get on here and say, Mountain Mama Kelsey for me. <laughs> yeah, that's not how they talk. Okay, no. so I can't do northern. <laughs> well, I can do Yuns. Yuns. That's not northern. It is. It's Ohio. It's not north. Ohio is north of me. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the other day, and y'all, I don't know how I ever got anywhere without GPS. I I really don't. I remember driving to New Jersey and Delaware and Pennsylvania and Florida and Ohio and all these places without GPS, and I have no idea how I did it. You didn't use maps? I think I went to Yahoo Maps and printed the directions. I suck with a map because there's no you are here. No, we had like, you know, the big maps. Like you go to the convenience store well, that's and what I'm you talking buy about. the map. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know how. I mean, I understand and know how to use a map, but I don't know where I am on the map. I can find it's myself, deep. but am I north, south, east, or west of there? Who knows? You just look at the little dot moving. It's not moving on the paper, <laughs> David. <laughs> We went somewhere on vacation or a weekend trip, and I thought it was funny. We went to the gas station, and they still had maps. Mm-hmm. But they were dusty, and <laughs> you could tell yeah. nobody had bought one since 1998. But yeah, because yeah, when I look but, at a map, it doesn't say, Lori, you are here. Because so that's what they should do. Like every map place they sell, that it should have a you are here spot. Well, I guess I need a compass <laughs> with me. <gasps> That's what I need. I need a map with a compass. <laughs> a compass? Well, I don't know if I'm facing north, south, east, or west. Do you? <laughs> you just look at the road. But if I don't know where I... If I know that I'm at the corner of such and such and such and such, mm-hmm. that doesn't help me figure out if I'm facing one way or the other. I get confused well, with GPS on which way to go. You just you just go to the next intersection, and then now you know which way you're going. Oh. Okay. But anyway, anybody <laughs> else ever think about that stuff? Like, how did we do that? Uh, I recall how I did it. And how did we sit in a doctor's office without a phone to distract us from the other they, people sitting there? They had all those magazines sitting there, and I looked through every single one of them. I thought about that the other day, too. You know how long it's been since I picked up a magazine other than to throw it in the trash? <laughs> yeah. Those were the good old days. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. I think. Yep. And 10 years from now, today will be a good old day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Write that down, folks. <laughs> 10 years from now, you will think that 2023 was a good day. 
<laughs> you remember the good old days back in 2023, you know, when we had podcasts? <laughs> That's what the kids <laughs> will be saying. Uh, I remember the first time you said podcast, man, I'm like, what in the crap is that? And I don't yeah. even remember what you told me, but in my mind, I translated it to radio that anybody can be on. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's exploded now, which is funny because people still think it's new. I'm like, no, I've <laughs> been around a really long time. And surprisingly, a lot of people still don't know about it. I know, which is kind of good, kind of not. Depends on who you are. <laughs> if you don't know about it, it sucks. Be you. Yes. David, I no, I can't believe I said yes to that. I love, I love podcasts. I mean, since I discovered podcasts years and years ago, I, I very seldom listen to the radio anymore because I can choose what I listen to. Well, I was listening to YouTube videos, and you told me not to do that anymore because it takes too much of our data. Yeah, it's sucking up all the data. But the podcasts aren't as good. Some well, of them are. You're not supposed to watch them while you're driving. No, no, I don't watch them. It's just the, I like the true crime stuff. So like the 48 hours, you know, so-and-so was killed. Who did it? And, I mean, I listen to Crime Junkie, but it's just not as, I don't know. Now, Hidden Brains, I like. Yep. And that reminds me. I know I'm on a tangent. Imagine that. That last Hidden Brain one that you sent me mm -hmm. about memory, mm -hmm. that guy lost, it? what, $2 billion? Or $2 million? It was $2 billion, I'm sure. You remember that part? No. Nope. You don't remember that part? Nope. Remind me. He, his crypto code. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, now I remember. He had 10 tries before it locked mm -hmm. him out forever, and he lost that money. Yep. And he lost he, it, y'all. Yep, because he thought he could remember his password, so he never wrote it down. Yep. And then when he tried to get back into his crypto wallet, because you know he bought it when it was cheap, then he had... Over $2 billion worth of crypto. I'm pretty sure it was $2 billion, but anyway. Yeah, and then he couldn't get into his, his crypto wallet because he forgot his password. <laughs> Can you imagine how that guy feels? He feels like a billionaire that never was. I would think that he's very depressed, like he wakes oh. up every morning. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but do you feel like you lost it because you never had it? Kind but of he thing? had it. But Yeah, but he didn't. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. he didn't, he wasn't living the lifestyle and had all the stuff and then lost the money. I mean, he just kind of, <laughs> he had something that was worth it. He just couldn't find it. That's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah, it is. Dude, if you're listening to this podcast, we're sorry. And yep. no, the password you're thinking it was is still not it. <laughs> it don't matter anymore. Like he can't even try anymore. I know. And he can't call anybody. Nope. Oh, man, that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. That upset me so much for him. That's like getting a lottery ticket and it's scratch it off, and you've won $2 billion, and you go to cash it, and the place that you cash it has shut down forever. And no, you go to cash it. And it closed it 10 minutes before you got there. <laughs> no, you go to cash it, and you realize that you can't find it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would probably so, be something about, yeah. That would happen to me. Look, I know I put it right here. <laughs> just to show our memory is not the best, and not just ours, everybody's. 
write stuff down, but don't write it in a password book. What's amazing is how much we actually forget. Um, you know, they covered that in the in the show. They also said like trying to be intentional about remembering things doesn't usually work. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. But of course, the more you practice that memory, mm-hmm. there was a book I read. Um, I can't remember. It's like Walking on the Moon or something like that. But it's a book that's supposed to help with your memory. So it says, when you're walking to the mailbox, picture that as you're going to get broccoli or something. And so you relate it to things that help you remember. Yeah. I think it's the anything that's so different that stands out that you can tie it to. Like you don't forget things that happened in your life that were crazy or very traumatic. You know, even if it's not traumatic to you, it's just a traumatic event. Right. But according to the memory experts, that memory of that traumatic event may not be accurate. I know. Did you hear the part where they said they went back and asked people like three years later after they, you know, they first questioned them on something? Yeah, like September 11th. Yeah, they're like, what were you doing on September 11th? And this was just like a few months after. And they gave an answer. And then they waited three years later and they went back to ask the same people the same question. What were you doing on September 11th? And like 60% of them gave a completely different answer. That shocks me. Because I can still tell you what I was doing September 11th. And I know it's the same thing I would have told them originally. But here's the thing. When they went back to the 60% and said, this is not what you told us. Here, here's the paper that you wrote down what you said you were doing. And your and they, handwriting. Yeah. And they said, well, that's my handwriting, but I don't know why I would have said that because that's not accurate. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And we know a lot of times we talk about things that we've talked about before, but we do that to help you remember them. They say somebody <laughs> needs to hear something seven times. Is that right? I think it's 37 times. (laughs) (laughs) I think it used to be three, but now it's seven. To remember something or for it to click. My mom always told me, I've told you that for the 40th, 11th time. So I'm thinking that's how many times it takes. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. But anyway, that's about all we got going on. We do want to tell all of our listeners, thank you for being a stepmother or a stepfather. You may not be celebrated on this day, but we celebrate you in our hearts. That's right. All right. All right. Thanks again for listening, folks. Have a good Mother's Day, and don't forget, Stepmom's Day's coming. So tell your partner what you want. That's right. All right. We'll see you again next week, and remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.